Hello, this is Ayush from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, December 10th, and NDTV reported that the government will appeal to farmers to call off the unprecedented protests against the new farm laws, explaining why it is diluting the laws. The government will also explain why it is bringing amendments to the controversial laws which the farmers want repealed. Farmer groups yesterday turned down the centre's written offer of amendments in farm laws and announced a series of plans to escalate their protest. In the proposal sent to 13 agitating farmer unions, the centre had promised a written assurance for minimum support prices, allowing the farmers to go to court to resolve disputes instead of a subdivisional magistrate and scrapping of the Electricity Amendment Bill, which they opposed. The government also offered to make amendments in the laws to address the concerns of farmers in various areas. To allay the fears that big corporates will take over farmlands, the government said it can be clarified that no buyer can take loans against farmland, nor any such condition will be made to farmers. The protest, the biggest by farmers in years, has entered the 15th day today. Farmers call for the closure of the Delhi-Jaipur Highway, boycott of Reliance Malls and capture of toll plazas. They said that by December 14th, there will be a full-scale protest across the country. Since two weeks, my colleagues Basant and Nidhi have been reporting incessantly on the farmer protests in Punjab, Haryana and Delhi over the contentious farm bills. On the ground, Nidhi spoke to farmers about what they thought about the future of the minimum support price after the implementation of the new laws. Although the Modi government maintains it has no intention of doing away with MSP for crops, farmers say the new laws are designed to achieve precisely that. I highly recommend Nidhi's report titled A Matter of Trust, where farmers want MSP written into law on our website, newslaundry.com. If you like our ground reports from across the country, please do consider subscribing to News Laundry. You can do so by heading over to the website and clicking on the subscribe button on the top right-hand corner. Our cheapest subscription costs only 300 rupees a month. So please extend your support to independent media and pay to keep news free. India's wait for a locally produced coronavirus vaccine has gotten longer after an expert committee of the Drug Controller General of India, or the DCGI, put Serum Institutes and Bharat Biotech's applications on hold, citing lack of complete data. The Hindu reported that the committee said that neither company presented a complete data from their ongoing phase three trials. It added that it wanted more information on the case of a volunteer in Chennai who reportedly had a severe adverse reaction. A volunteer in Chennai sued the SII for what he believed was an adverse neurological reaction from being administered the vaccine. SII has denied the link and countersued the applicant. While the Indian Council of Medical Research officials have said that an initial investigation showed the reaction wasn't due to the vaccine, a fuller explanation is not yet available from the government. The 10-member committee, called the Subject Expert Committee, consists of members from multiple disciplines, including microbiology, pharmacology, pediatrics, and pulmonary medicine. The committee meets periodically to recommend approval or rejection of new drugs and vaccines. India's law allows a potential vaccine or drug to be commercially approved even without trials on Indians, provided the same has been approved in another country. Pfizer-BioNTech, whose vaccine has been approved for use in the United Kingdom and Bahrain, had applied to Indian regulators before SII and Bharat Biotech and was scheduled to present its data to the committee but did not turn up. Britain's medicine regulator said anyone with a history of anaphylaxis 
to a medicine or food should not get the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine, giving fuller guidance on an earlier allergy warning about the shot. Starting with the elderly and frontline workers, Britain began mass vaccinating its population on Tuesday, part of a global drive that poses one of the biggest logistical challenges in peacetime history. Reuters reported that the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, or the MHRA, said there had been two reports of anaphylaxis and one report of a possible allergic reaction since the rollout began. Anaphylaxis is an overreaction of the body's immune system, which the National Healthcare Service in the UK describes as severe and sometimes life-threatening. The fuller guidance, clarifying that the main risk was from anaphylaxis specifically, was issued after consulting experts on allergies. The MHRA had initially advised anyone with a history of a significant allergic reaction not to take a shot. Pfizer and BioNTech said they were supporting the MHRA's investigation. Last week, Britain's MHRA became the first in the world to approve the vaccine developed by Germany's BioNTech and Pfizer, while the US Food and Drug Administration, or the FDA, and European Medicines Agency, or the EMA, continue to assess the data. A top US official said on Wednesday that Americans with known severe allergic reactions may not be candidates for Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine until more was understood about what had happened. The convoy of BJP National President J.P. Nadda was allegedly attacked with stones and bricks while on its way to Diamond Harbour in Kolkata today. Several cars in the convoy, including that of BJP National General Secretary Kailash Vijayavargya and West Bengal BJP Chief Dilip Ghosh, were damaged in the attack. About 10 BJP leaders, including Vijayavargya and Mukul Roy, received minor injuries. Speaking to party workers later that day, Nadda said that Bengal used to be known for its culture, but Mamta Banerjee brought it down to this low. He added that there is no administration in the state, and without central forces, there is no way of moving in Bengal. He claimed that Trinamool Congress workers sporting party flags and armed with lattes had attacked his convoy, and stones and bricks were hurled by TMC workers. On Wednesday, the state BJP president, in a letter to Home Minister Amit Shah, had informed about protests being planned by the goons of TMC at different places, on the way towards Diamond Harbour from Newtown. He also alleged security lapses during Nadda's Wednesday events in the state. Nadda is in West Bengal to participate in an ongoing mass outreach campaign launched ahead of the assembly elections that is just six months away. According to reports, Trinamool Congress workers were protesting against the new farm laws near Sirakhol today. When the BJP convoy was passing by, stones and bricks were thrown at the cars that had slowed down in the narrow two-lane road. A number of cars, including that of Vijayavargya, Ghosh, and security officers sustained damages and their windscreens were smashed. The Maharashtra cabinet has approved the draft Shakti criminal law bills, which contains provisions of stern punishment, including death penalty, for serious crimes such as rape, acid attack, and child abuse. The Indian Express reported that the bills will be tabled during the two-day winter session of the legislature that commences on Monday. Last December, the Maharashtra government had announced it is bringing a law on the lines of Andhra Pradesh's Disha Act with the provision of death penalty for rape instead of the current punishment of 10 to 20 years in jail. The draft bills provide for completing investigation and trial within a stipulated time frame. Also, special police teams and separate courts will be set up for investigation and trial of cases against women and children. The perpetrators, if found guilty, will be imprisoned for not less than 10 years. This may extend to the remainder of their natural lives or with death sentences in cases that have characteristics of being heinous in nature.
Further, a sum of 10 lakh rupees will be given to an acid attack victim for plastic surgery and facial reconstruction. The amount will be collected as fine from the convict. The government has also proposed amendments in the Criminal Procedure Code to ensure speedy investigation and trial. President Donald Trump has asked the US Supreme Court to let him join a long-shot lawsuit in Texas seeking to overturn his election loss by throwing out the voting results in four states. The litigation drew support from 17 other states. In a court ruling, Trump asked to intervene in the Texas lawsuit, the latest litigation to try to undo Democratic President-elect Joe Biden's victory over the Republican incumbent in the November 3rd election. In a separate brief, lawyers for 17 states led by Missouri's Republican Attorney General Eric Schmidt also urged the nine states to hear the case. Efforts in the court on behalf of Trump challenging the election results so far have failed. The lawsuit targeted four states that Trump lost to Biden after winning them in 2016 elections. Trump has falsely claimed that he won re-election and has made baseless allegations of widespread voting fraud. Election officials at the state level have said that they found no evidence of such fraud. Election law experts have said the Texas lawsuit stands little chance of success and lacks legal merit. All the states involved in the lawsuit were represented by Republican officials in the filing. All but three of the states have Republican governors. Now, back to the homegrown stuff from newslaundry.com. In the latest episode of NL Hafta, the panel discussed farmer protests, the media's coverage of it, and Amit Malviya's manipulated media tweet, among other topics. Here's a short snippet from their conversation. But from what I noticed during the protest, from day one, which and day one I'm saying that the day that we were there, which is on 27th, uh, when the farmers arrived in Delhi, there was a huge clash. So it was quite violent. And on that day, the anger was against the security personnel. The anger was against the state. Uh, but from the second day onwards, we started hearing this frustration that was building among people against the media. And by the third or fourth day, the articulation became very, very clear, especially uh, as this Khalistani narrative started coming out in the media. And uh, I think one person really put it uh, beautifully to me. And he said, there is a complete erasure of trust. And it's not an impulsive, it's not a sort of sudden anger. This trust uh, was a loss of trust with the state. Uh, that began with the bills itself. It was a loss of trust on security personnel, quote-unquote security personnel, who lashed out at them so much through the through the time they have been protesting and making their way to Delhi. And then the the media is often the last resort. And then when they also like stab you in the back, uh, they sort of feel uh, very isolated. Before I wrap up, listeners, our new website has a new podcast player that you can use to access all our podcasts. It includes a host of features like download, speed control, queue, the ability to skip to a particular topic within an episode, and even start from where you had stopped the previous time. So go to our website on your phone or your laptop and click on the mic icon at the top right of our homepage. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 